This is Idiot Mystic, and I'm with Jared Wainwright, who I, this is our second time starting because I said his last, a completely different last name. So, hello and sorry. <laughs> All good. Um, so, I guess I, we met when I was coaching uh, combat sports still. So, let's just start this from a complete a place where we don't really talk about how we met which we can get into we will get into that i'm sure but how are you feeling right now like just um, in like in general yeah i'm feeling pretty good uh can't complain you know uh living every day to the fullest so it's been good when you say can't complain i feel like a lot of people i know say that and it doesn't like reflect in their energy or how I've met them in real life. But when when I met you the first and we only like trained a handful of times and hung out one time and and it was like, I guess I'm wondering. Or maybe we I just I guess I'm wondering what why don't you complain? Why have every time I've seen you, why have you seemed almost unrealistically positive? That's a good question. Uh, it's a, I guess it's one of my personality traits or one of my character traits that I've developed over the years. Uh, I mean, I could say that I'm pretty negative at times. You know, I have a negative outlook on things. I wouldn't say I'm like a pessimist, but I definitely, you know, I'm not always positive. But whenever I talk to other people, I reflect positivity. Uh, it's it's interesting, I guess. Uh, one reason I suppose that I would be like that. Uh, there's no, I don't think complaining or talking about things in a negative fashion like is has, gives anybody a positive outlook or it even produces like positive conversation or a constructive conversation. I mean, like if I were to complain and sit here and say, "Oh, I've been doing really bad," this, that, and the third really all you could do or somebody else could do is just hear me out. You know, they, they just listen. Um, uh, and I don't know if that has like influenced my connotations for like communication. Uh, but I feel like you have more productive conversations outside of that. If you know, you, you mm -hmm. I, I've always been one to keep my opinions to myself almost really like, so I might think something and I, I kind of duck and dodge conflict whenever I can. Um, but I don't know. I've always, I've always got a smile on my face, even when I'm upset. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but so just now when you said that it was like the first time anyone's ever been able to, like when you said, um, if you, if someone was complaining, the only thing that another person can really do like holistic, like that would be like considered good or, um, holistically like appropriate in all ways would be to just hear the person out mm -hmm. but to get better help almost for, for yourself you have to present your own pain or problem in a in a positive way so it's like it's weird I never thought of it that way but like even if say like I'm having like a huge issue let's say 
if you present it in an almost like not sugar-coated way, but a way that doesn't create immediate dread in the other person, they might do something besides just absorb your horrible feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I think that uh like you could go on. I've been in situations where somebody might start out a conversation like super negatively and you know like somebody just lays it all on you. And I'm sure you've been in a situation like this too where you just you can't even really reply. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. you don't even know what to say. <laughs> uh so it doesn't like produce that kind of like uh conversation i guess like you can't even really get in depth with the person but that's that's interesting though because i know i literally yeah, this is like i'm surprised at where we went with this right away because if usually people who unload like that or even let's say when i have i feel like i am actually being deep but actually mm -hmm. it's the most shallow level of my emotion because i'm caught up in the feeling so I'm saying the most base level stuff that's like coming to mind. And I'm usually freaking a friend or family member out. And they're just like, so I didn't even, it's interesting to look at not like unloading completely immediately and without like uh, discretion as deeper than someone who fully lets everything out, which seems to be like the overcorrection we've made from being repressed to being overly expressive that creates i don't know <laughs> weird start oh yeah definitely i it's hard to explain i like because i i'll talk to people and they'll be like dude like you are always smiling like what is up with that <laughs> you know they're like even if you're talking about like the worst thing they're like you have a smile on your face while you're talking about it and it's like uh i don't know it's just been something that i've i've been really good at i guess you know just being positive in any situation i i feel like that this is a it's so funny i had this like um like you know how they're tarot decks they're, yeah. they're also like oracle decks that are like more loose and they're just like people just make them and they have general meanings on random cards and there's one that i got as a present uh that is it says it's for creative writing so it has like a creative writing inspiration deck so it's funny because I um I pulled a card before this and it was just for fun. I didn't like and it's I don't apply it to writing really, just like anything, just to see what weirdness comes with it. And this one was the wilderness card, but uh reversed. And then when I looked in the book, it said a lot of things, but the one that resonated with me was it said that like it represents a tamed uh figure someone who's tame and I guess as soon as, as how we're talking right now I wonder like where do you embody the do you have any traits that you would see as like wilder than how you present yourself or your ever-present smile yeah definitely I'm sure a hundred percent uh I mean whenever I let's say I have like a conflict with somebody honestly I'm I'm really bad about like communicating that with other people you know like I, I i'll like sit there and i'll be bothered by something and i won't i won't say anything about it but i'll like be in my head and i'll think about it and I, i'll like kind of have that conversation with myself where i'm like okay what is like this person is obviously like going on about something you know whether it be negative or etc like towards me and i and i take it with like a grain of salt almost uh 
But also, like, I, I take it and I respond as if it's a grain of salt. But personally, I would take that and I reflect on it, like, super heavily, you know? <laughs> no, okay. So, but I guess, again, these questions almost are like, uh, it's like I'm uh, um, saying that you're getting points taken off for being too nice. But that's not at all what I'm saying. I guess I'm wondering in these what would you say like is there a reward for behaving in this almost like energetically i will call it a surprising way or a novel way like it's mm -hmm. not the way that we're encouraged to behave especially as like i feel like both of us as like i forget how old are you i'm 25 i'm about to be 26 okay. this year yeah okay so you're where let's say between 25 and let's expand the age group all the way to like 45. So that's two decades. Mm -hmm. If those people seem to generally be encouraged to like being positive is good, but being overly positive or being someone who can temper all of their emotion is almost like being, it's like considered to be less masculine almost. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I'm noticing even for me, the whole time in combat sports, I wasn't at the place where I needed to be in terms of my toxicity. If I could have been just a little worse of a person, everything would have been different. But I could never do those things that I needed to do or make the decisions I needed to do. So I guess, why do you feel there being like, what is the benefit in being this way? as opposed to the other way, like the way where you right now, you would have already talked shit about someone yeah. and like made fun of two or three people by now. Definitely. So I think that there's like, it depends on what you're trying to do and, 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 you know, where your goals lie. But like, if you're, if you're pursuing something, even in combat sports, like, uh, I get like how in combat sports, you know, there's like that big facade that, or like this, uh, like, character that people will come up with them for themselves you know and that might be not truly who they are but in in like entertainment or in 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 the fashion of combat sports you're trying to pull in viewers you're trying to and you need to be able to flip that switch you know be able to flip the switch whenever you shake their hand and they blow the whistle you know and they're like all right fight you know you, you flip that switch and every all of that you know nice and everything goes out the window you have to be able to you know be brutal because in those situations that's what that sport is, you know. You're fighting somebody else; they're your opponent, and you have to take you have to take them out. But even uh, I think just professionally, like being able to be professional in situations, I guess is how I would say it, uh, is where that positivity comes in. And you know, you coming and into a situation, and and being positive in ev in every outlook, even in bad situations, even in in negative situations, will have like. A, a positive impact on what you're trying to accomplish. Um, I like, I've been in rooms where, you know, maybe I'm not, I like, let's say it's a performance review or like they're, they're giving me feedback and it's feedback that I don't really appreciate. And, you know, I hate it. I don't, I'm not enjoying myself at all. And, you know, I just take it with a grain of salt. Like when I reflect the image back to somebody else, I have to, I have to take it with a grain of salt. I can think whatever I want to think inside of my head. You know, I can disagree. I can do all those things. 
But having that argument and that discussion in real time with somebody else might not produce the results that you want to have in the long run. But, okay, that is, and I, f I feel like there's um, someone who's been instrumental in this podcast, uh, shout out Zach, but um, Zach has brought to my attention that like, um, and someone else, Ronnie, said that I talk about people in uh, superlatives or I, like up, I kind of hype up people seemingly out of nowhere. But I like with seemingly no motivation, like I don't have an ulterior motive. <laughs> but in this case where we're talking about, you're talking about this mentality. If you, it's almost like it's, it's higher level than your, then usually someone who is 25 is able to assess things like let's say you were giving this advice to someone who's a like a tactical operator and you're like yeah like staying positive when you're being shot at is better than being negative well that is in fact the core of all high level performance is to stay positive at in the face of extreme like detriment mm -hmm. so i guess i'm wondering how did if someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, who is this guy? Like, where did he get to this perspective? From? <laughs> yeah. So I guess you're 25 now. Uh, how do you, how did you, have you always thought like this? Have you always been pretty calm under pressure? Or I did would it say, take? I would say no. Uh, it, it took a lot of development to get to like where I'm at now and where I'm able to like kind of control. It's almost like controlling your emotions almost. At, at, at his core level uh but i mean you you know a little bit of my background you know I, that i wrestled in high school and i did some of those things but uh I, th I think one of the major like turning points and the major things that i did in my life that kind of groomed not groomed me but you know developed me in a way that make me and made me into what i am today is uh i went to like this wrestling camp it was like uh my junior year of high school and it was with uh I think I told you a little bit about it. It was with a gold medalist in the Olympics. This guy was an army ranger. Like he was a straight up badass. Like this dude was <laughs> crazy. Uh, but every day, so I went to this camp, it was for a month and we worked out like four times a day, like did two hour workouts uh, each time. So each workout was like two hours and it was like, it was crazy. <laughs> they, they, were, they were doing like weightlifting, uh, cardio, and then like, you know, drilling technique and, and uh, doing live wrestling and stuff like that. But also in between, we had like schoolwork almost like he made us do like uh, self-reflection a lot. And he made us even at times like this. This is actually like super important to me. But they he made us at times like lay down on the wrestling mat. He would like get everybody in the room. He'd be like, everybody lay down. And uh, he would have you like do breathing techniques to like breathe throughout your whole entire body like uh you'd be like breathe in and then breathe out and he would be like feel it in your toes your legs you know and just completely relax your body and then at that very moment once you're fully relaxed he had you like create a vision of what you want to be or like what you want to do and you, it's like huge on visualization almost and he was like so what i want you to do is like when you go into a wrestling match, he was like, you're not just going to go out there, shake the dude's hand and just start wrestling. He was like, you need to have a picture in your head of what you're going to do, how you want the match to go. And you need to dictate the pace. 
and kind of control that situation. And you start doing that before the match even starts. And you, you know, like whether it be at night, the day before, you know, before the match, you, you visualize everything and it helps you kind of, uh, I don't know if it's like a motivation technique or like something, but remaining calm in those situations and having a plan and, and actually like seeing it in your head has helped like tremendously. So I think that helps me honestly, like kind of deal with my emotions. And also like uh, in school, they were like, Hey, like, you know, think of a few character traits of what you want to embody yourself and do some, and you have to do it every single day. You can't like take days off and you can't, um, you know, you just have to act, you have to act in the, in that fashion. Like everything that you do has to embody those character traits. And so the ones I chose were like definitely kindness. You know, I'm a pretty kind guy. I'm happy, you know, and I, I feel like I'm super helpful. Even, even in times like in Arizona, especially there were times where I was like helpful to people, but it like definitely like stomped on me. Like in the end, you know, they took advantage of it and took it to a different level. And I guess that's another perspective where you were like in the adult world, like, there are times where you can be overly kind and it doesn't benefit you at all. But at the end of the day, I lived true to my characteristics and my character traits that I want to be. So I am, I, I couldn't be upset with it and I wouldn't change anything. I also just realized I had a mic that I have a mic that I hadn't plugged in. So I panicked a little bit, but so that explains my facial expressions. It wasn't about what you were saying. My oh. question about what you were saying was, I guess, firstly, the wrestling camp sounds amazing. And also, it sounds like this coach was on a level that he was not out like sharing with everyone. Like yeah, he was definitely. just making you go do the things that were important for you, but not really saying what he was about, which I guess is one of. So I, I guess what I'm getting at is you saying that you have you use words like uh, traits or personality uh, but when you describe that laying down and closing your eyes and breathing through your whole body I guess what do you think of like the conscious experience like do you believe that that we're just like really smart animals and we're just somehow podcasting now or do you think that like somehow your positivity and kindness is connected to some kind of soul or is there like what do you think about that stuff i think that's definitely a, a part of my soul you know it's a, it, like i embody that like um i i think that visualization is hard i mean i could sit there and i could lay down i could breathe but like actually visualizing what you know like right now i'm trying to be a coder i'm trying to be a program developer it's hard to visualize things like that you know especially if you you're you're starting out and you know you can at least picture yourself in the situation but as far as like i guess in like a, a spiritual sense i guess uh it i i i like i embody those character traits and it becomes a part of me you know um and anything that i think is beneficial in my life like it has to be every single every single day and it has to be something that you you make a part of you you know so like so i guess i'm wondering and this is this is where it gets a little i guess it gets weird but right now when you're you're like talking to me and thinking 
do you think about how you think often or are you one of the people who is so much in the moment that it's like uh so i would say i think about how i think but it's probably retroactively more so than like in the moment you know sometimes in the moment like if i have like some a lot a lot of the times in a lot of situations you have to be reactive and you have to like you know be fast with with your thinking and everything but you can still take the time to reflect on those decisions that you made like afterwards i i do spend a lot of time reflecting on my like thoughts and my opinions and you know you have to stay open minded you can't be closed minded and you have to see things from different perspectives uh i read i read a lot of books especially about like leadership and honestly i read a lot of self help books too i'm not even going to lie <laughs> i read like no, uh, but okay so let's let's get i'm getting too excited now because it's almost like i'm i guess i'm wondering do you think that the fact like us currently talking right now is just a product of like where an epigenetic coincidence and like your personality is a combination of your parents genetics also and like your upbringing or do you or, or do you believe that there's like some kind of non-physical aspect to it I, I think that some people can fall victim almost to their environment so yes i think that people can carry traits that develop throughout like their childhood or even you know at an early age to a to a more medium age to an older age and you can carry that throughout your entire life and i think that you know even me uh from a young age like i was very self-reflective you know and i continue to have those traits as i grow up but i think that a lot of things are made off of choices too and being cognitively aware of like you know your decisions and your actions and your thoughts and being able to reflect on those situations and i think that change is uh, one of the things that that coach actually was like explaining is that like change is one of the hardest things and nobody likes change. And so like you could be stuck in your ways that were you developed through your environment or you can reflect on them, see them from different perspectives and maybe evolve and change in a positive way. You know what I mean? Yes. No, I'm getting, I basically have too many questions. So I'm trying to now like filter them out and calm down. But <laughs> most people aren't, like i wasn't sure what you were gonna how you were gonna answer these questions because we haven't talked about this stuff a lot verbally but i feel like energetically especially like if you're uh holding pads for someone and they're like boxing or even grappling with someone you can feel a lot of different things about them and i feel like i'm just i'm i'm amused at how similar like in the beginning when i asked you like why are you so nice like why are you so positive we actually don't have enough interactions on paper for me to be super sure of that uh analysis but like i have been from the beginning and it's just like it's funny to me i'm just i don't know what I'm <laughs> and then, and then, then i was thinking like what if you just after the podcast call you just walk and punch a hole through the wall or something <laughs> and like, That's <laughs> oh jeez definitely um, but um so I guess with with the current state of we went very micro because I wanted people to know that I don't just like I'm not going to ask you to give me your take on a reality itself immediately. I wouldn't put that on you right away. But now it's time to ask you, are we in a simulation?
are we in a simulation? Um, I think that, you know, everything, it seems that way, you know? It's like it's everything's so routine. And a lot of people are, like, built into their routines. And I think that's, like, almost a definition of a simulation, you know? <laughs> like, you'd be doing the same thing over and over and over again, you know? It, But... it, it so but i guess when i said that um do i always just ask people questions like that and it's always tongue-in-cheek but then i also do mean like sometimes like what do you think is actually going on on earth like what is the given that you're aware of like um you you work for corporations and have in the past and you understand like consumerism and capitalism but then you also have this positive outlook on like on presenting yourself but then the world doesn't seem like a, an inherently positive place or set up in a way to promote other humans to act how you're acting right now Mm -hmm. definitely so i guess so why do you think that like what is this do you think we're just a planet that's gone in the wrong direction do you think they're demons doing it is it the aliens i think i think it's crazy to think about because it's like it you know there are everybody lives in a different world you know everybody lives in a different reality and you know it's hard to change other like like we were talking about earlier with change it's hard to change other people's opinions or their perspective about the world So you could have somebody who's a complete left and, and somebody else who's like all the way over here. And so when you have a bunch, like, I think that there are so many different perspectives and there are so many different uh, realities for people out there that it kind of, when it all comes to coalition, it, it, it sometimes it doesn't mesh, you know? So like, I think the world today is kind of crazy. Uh, there, there's a lot going on, um, you know, The, conf the conflicts like globally that are happening right now, even the conflicts that, you know, are happening here. Uh, I think it all is a result of this decisions, realities, and choices that other people have made that kind of accumulate into what we live in today, you know? do you think that those so would you say that it's like a, a collaborative effort that we find ourselves in this like destroyed reality kind of or do you think that it's like there were a few bad actors who had more influence than the majority of people and that's they're true i think that there are people that have much more influence than the majority of people and i think that you know all of this starts like from the moment you're born and you're just thrown into it and and like society like you know is like the social contract i i, I don't know if you've like delved into the social contract too much or, or not But like the social contract that like the moment that you're born in order to like com confine yourself with society, you have to follow a set of rules. You have to think a certain way. You have to um, be a certain way and you have to contribute in a certain way in order to be a productive member of society. And in, in order for this whole world to work for you, you have to kind of follow these guidelines. And those guidelines were made before we were even born. So to question the guidelines and to say, oh, I don't know about that one. Or like, this one is, you know, interesting. It doesn't really sound right to me, but, you know, I guess it works. Uh, 
it, it's hard to question those norms because it's been something that everybody has known since they were born. So if you continue to look at that social contract, it's almost like you don't have a choice in, in some regards. I know that like growing up, one of my biggest things was like, you know, I want to follow my passions, but you know, at the end of the day, I got to pay rent and put money on the table and eat food, survive. And, you know, uh, at the end of the day, when you think about it in, in that fashion, you don't really have a choice, but you have the choice of a positive outlook and you have the choice of following and pursuing your dreams to the best of your ability and finding the opportunities that work for you, you know? And I feel like that's really interesting for me because I feel like I'm literally in, like, say, b before the podcast, I, like, try to, like, do like be in a state where I can just like quickly start the zoom call and not be like thinking about something crazy beforehand and today I wasn't able like I was trying to get that uh the flow state going and then I got amused at myself for how desperately I wanted to be in that state like like mm -hmm. I need to be ready for Jared like he's not gonna accept me if I'm not in the best mood possible <laughs> and then that in itself was just funny. So now I'm wondering when you say, like, you said you were working on being a, a coder or a programmer right now. What does that, how does that tie into this worldview or this, the positive outlook? Like, what is your entry point into coding looking like? Um, honestly, I've had a lot of great opportunities provided with me for my company. Uh. I, you know, I work at Amazon, you know, I worked at that corporate office out there in Arizona. Uh, I started out packing boxes in North Carolina and stuff, you know, I became a, a process assistant and then I moved up to corporate. Now I transferred over here to Savannah in Georgia and I, I'm a program developer junior. So like I, I got that opportunity just from some of the connections that I made uh, within the company. Um, they're paying for my school. You know, that is an opportunity that not everybody else has provided. Uh, I am certainly grateful for, for that opportunity being provided to me because I couldn't imagine, you know, I, I'm thousands of dollars in debt and I couldn't imagine taking on more debt to even learn what I want to do to, you know, really get into that. And I think that's a lot of problems that a lot of people may, may encounter is they don't have that type of helping hand giving them like these opportunities like, hey, like we're gonna develop you into this and we're gonna help you reach your goals. You know, some people, they probably fall into a loop where they, they don't have that type of support. And so they have a completely different outlook and a completely different perspective on, on the world, you know? And I guess I feel like it's really interesting and we can, I feel like we'll talk about this in a diplomatic way because this is, it's important because you're so positive and then you have people who, uh work for the same company you do and are almost like ex ex the extreme opposite of you like yeah. it's like they're almost like a like an activist against that corporation or another one or anyone really it could be like walmart it can be any there's always someone like that so i guess i'm wondering it's it's a big thing to talk about like the the oppressive or instantaneous nature of society like as soon as you're born you like you're just in it and you're raised to fit in but then you somehow have also made peace with the fact that you exist within that society yeah so i guess how do you 
because I guess we've talked about it in a very like kind of I don't want to say intellectual because I feel stupid when I say that word and myself in the same sentence, but we were using a lot of words and logic, but I guess what about feelings? How do you, what kind of positive things do you do to create like dopamine release in yourself and endorphins to like get the same kind of like, let's say someone else is using exogenous substances another person like eats a lot of cake someone plays video games what are your like you or how do you what is positive yeah. neurochemistry for you yeah so i guess uh stuff that i've used as like my motivation or my drive in a sense that to create that positivity it started when i was younger like i'm not i'm not sure if you know this about me i have asthma uh and so i remember like in sixth grade i ran the mile and you know, everybody runs the mile when they're like growing up and it's like part of their physical exams and stuff. And I remember I got like a 13 minute mile and all these kids, they were getting like seven, eight minutes, nine minutes. And I was like, dang, like I suck. <laughs> I was like, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> so like, I took that as motivation. Honestly, I was like, even though I have asthma, I'm not going to use that as an excuse or even a restriction for me saying, Hey, like I can't do this. So I started running every single day. And I, I started running every single day from sixth grade, my 13 minute mile to seventh grade. I mean, I would go to my sister's soccer practices and there was a track like right next to it. And I would run around the track and it doesn't have to be fast. It was without a goal, without a purpose. Even I just went out there and I just started running like Forrest Gump. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> afterwards, eventually, you know, I, I developed uh, good habits and, and I became better at what I was doing. Um, by seventh grade, I ran a five minute and 41 mile. By eighth grade, I ran a 538. And by the time I graduated from high school, I ran a four minute 58 mile. Jesus. <laughs> I'm just, I was like, what? That. <laughs> so, so it seems like, okay, now I feel like we're kind of reverse engineering your like method. So I guess you're you're saying you were motivated by like a, a bottleneck in yourself or something and you started doing it. But what about, so are you, I guess there's uh, Kat the Alien who is on the podcast often referred to something called spite mode, which is when, um, yes, like spite mode, using spite to go forward and edgar gomez who paints he was saying that he on days where he has a bad day at work he does eight or nine canvases and on a good day he might only do one so i guess are you saying that like the thing that drives you is like mostly seeing where you're kind of falling short and then being motivated by that i would say so uh circling back to like you know, conforming to society, you know, at, at some point, everybody had their rebellious phase. And they were like, man, I'm, I'm not doing this, you know, and I was in college, I love to party and do all those things. And I eventually ended up getting in trouble dropping out. Uh, and then ever since that day, I was like, man, like, you know, it, you know, you get hit with that, like, reality, I guess, of today's society. And it's like, you have, like, you have to conform. And so like, the from the moment I dropped out, I started working at like, Chick-fil-A, and I became like a manager within three months. And then I started working at other companies and I would work my way up, work my way up, work my way up just to try and, you know, make it. And eventually I just, I guess, conformed to it. And it just, 
it, it made it work. But then you have to find the positive situations out of that too, because, you know, I still probably, if I had a choice, wouldn't have gone down this path, <laughs> you know, but I still appreciate where I'm at. I've had the opportunities that I would have never had. I moved to Arizona from North Carolina. I'm in Georgia. I'm traveling around the United States. You know, I don't have my passport yet, but hopefully, you know, I'll be able to travel around the world and see things and still do things that I still find appealing to me while still kind of fitting in, you know? So I guess this is, do you feel like you've ever had the, like, the the rebellious phase? Does it, like, is it almost like through practicing tempering your emotions and like quick reactions you don't have that calling to like completely not conform and do nothing sensible but you had it at one point yeah definitely and I would say even even sometimes still I have you know those moments where I'm like man I'm not fucking doing this shit you know (laughs) like I hate it oh geez but you have to be able to like it's all about being in control of yourself and your emotions and and having having control of your thoughts and being able to reflect on them and look at things from different perspectives like uh you know there are times like that I need to take a break and I'll just like take a few days off maybe you know take a vacation and then come back to you know reality and just kind of check back in now I'm I feel like I feel like I stayed pretty sane so far with myself or not. They were on the side of like, on the, on the, the more mystic side of things, maybe now I'm going to go the idiot a little bit. So mm-hmm. how do you feel about this upcoming year in terms of uh, the U S election? Do you have any, as a, as an American, how do you mm-hmm. feel about this? I think it's interesting. There's a lot going on, you know. Uh, <laughs> the elections, it's, it's been a shit show for like, you know, last year, coming into this year, or the past four years. Four years ago, you know, the whole uh, January 6th and the, and, and the everything that happened with the past election and how, it, like, everybody's saying it's fraud and all these things. And then coming into this election, because of the events of January 6th, and the things that happened, you know, there are already states that are, you know, being like, hey, we're not going to have this person on our ballot. It's Colorado, Maine, other states. They're like, this isn't going to happen. And then so it, it's interesting, um, especially for like, I guess, like I'm trying to ha- hold an unbiased position here, you know, like a completely unbiased position. Uh, being uh, that we're in a democracy and it's something that's led by the people you know but there are states and there are federal federal like elements that are just like kind of trying to control it completely on both sides I, you just blew my mind i was not expecting you to say this i'm so glad you did thank <laughs> god i feel like you just honestly i knew you would be honest about yourself and stuff and emotions because i just felt that but I know whenever I talk about something, so it's all it's honestly scary. And people are like, what are you afraid of? It's like not scary in terms of anything my like on a personal level, but the subject itself is actually 
like how you said, we're in a democracy. This is supposed to be. But that word now, like now that I've thought about it, it basically seems like the biggest mob seems mm-hmm. to be in charge. Yeah. And, and earlier you said, do you feel like there are a select few individuals that have more influence or more power in the decisions that are made? And 100%. There are people that represent a group of people that may go one way or the other. And, you know, does that actually reflect the majority? You know? So now it seems like if we were more like if I was like talking a little faster and more like there were maybe red lights behind me and you were like sweating and yelling that this would sound like we are insinuating that there is a deep state and a cabal and the lizard Illuminati Bilderberg like Fox <laughs> News group led by Alex Jones is like so I guess I'm wondering why is it so hard for people to accept this like ancient fact that like a select few people who are somehow in charge of the masses tend to make decisions that don't benefit the masses like why is that why does it do I sound crazy when I say that? You don't sound crazy. I mean, you got to think about it uh, from like a larger perspective, I guess. When you when you see these posi- people in these positions, these people have to be like, and honestly, do we truly know any any of the politicians? Like, no, we don't. We don't truly know any of them. I, I, like realistically, uh, and you don't know their actual motives or like. You know, like like I said, I have thoughts that I think about that I never bring to fruition or, or tell people or, or show people, you know. So are they putting on a facade? Are they, you know, like manipulating? Is, is there manipulation? Is there or is there just like a blatant disregard and greed for something else, you know? So I guess let's. I don't even know, like, how to. Because I don't, some people, there's this one new subject right now that's very popular. I feel like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, probably. Uh, But some people don't want to be associated with any discussions with that subject, and I understand. So are you comfortable talking about it? I'm pretty comfortable with whatever you throw at me today. I feel like we're having fluid conversations here. So, So let's just, I don't even know how to bring it up. I don't even, I want to say it in the dumbest way possible, but now I'm all Stephen Hawking. Yeah. That was, (laughs) yes, that was the segue. There we go. What is going on? What is, let's say that that story, um, and I'm, I literally, I already keep getting strikes and stuff on every platform and then more people subscribe. So I'm really confused at how the internet works. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what I, what let's see where this go this one goes. But people like Alex Jones or internet crazy people were talking about Epstein Island over 20 years ago. Like yeah. or I, I guess 15 years ago you could say. There were like posts about it on webs on forums like weird that like above top secret was a website where people would but it's just ridiculous. Just 90s internet stuff. The fact that this list has come out 
and all these very influential scientists, politicians, financiers, like all these people are associated with a known pedophile and child trafficker who also owned this ranch in New Mexico where he wanted to impregnate all these women with his own DNA. I don't know if you know about that. I didn't know about that. Yes. I've actually been trying to find out more about the situation because I feel like there's just bits and pieces out there and there's still like such a, there's still a story that's yet to be told, you know? But I guess my question to you is, do you think that, I feel like there's two ways to talk about these things. One way is the way where you're trying to incite action against your overlords. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the other way is to acknowledge your what's happening and yeah. to simply observe it and say it. And it's kind of unnerving to even talk about. But I'm starting to notice there's like a fine line between like, what gets you deplatformed and what doesn't almost as like it it's like an exercise in like whoever's ego whoever whichever platform it is they're like you can say this but you can't say that if you say this if you break like we will punish you for these small uh um mishaps or like uh the infractions because we want you to know that you are on eggshells Mm-hmm. But you can talk about it if you want. When when you do, the audience will respond like humans do when you talk about something that is compelling. But yeah. if so, I guess I'm wondering how do you how do you feel about this being a mainstream news story that cannot be properly discussed? That's what, what that bothers mean? me. I think that bothers me, like the lack of transparency. I guess like. Uh, but I mean, it's hard. It's hard to even talk about, you know, because there are some big names and there are big influential people involved in this. And and there's a lot. I think there's a lot of hush. There's still a lot of story that probably is known and still being developed that isn't being like shared or maybe it's classified. Who knows, you know? But there's so much of this story that's like missing. Like, and and that's what's concerning is that you know we're still going on day by day, and we don't even know the full situation. We know that there was an island. We know. Jeffrey Epstein was a pedophile, and we know that there are big influential people that were involved in with this man, right? There are pictures. I saw it today. There were pictures of like the UK like prime minister, like with him in New York. (laughs) Or like one of the princes, you know. It's insane. There's I feel like, but at this point, people are like, wait, but that doesn't mean anything. And it's like at some point, like if this is similar to when there's like a charlatan meditation teacher and he's like being creepy with people. And I'm like, how do you not obviously see this? Like, it's very visible. You just Mm -hmm. have to not be stupid. Yeah. So if a man is taking a bunch of rich men to an Island and there's a bunch of women who are under 18 on the Island, I don't like, am I, I don't get it. Like, are we too logical? Or are we supposed to think that they're going there to like teach those girls about science and physics? Like when like yeah. turn them into the future leaders of the earth. It w- it should have raised some definite like definite like it w- should have batted some eyes, especially with these people. Like these people weren't like dumb people. These people were smart people. They're going to this island, and like you said, they- there's a bunch of underage women there, and it's like 
if they could put two, two and two together, let's say they had like nothing to do with it, but they're there, but they see a bunch of underage women there and they're like, huh, that's odd. And they don't bat an eye and they don't even think to think, you know, what's going okay. on here. <laughs> okay. So perfect. Let's say, let's say that is, so let's, now we'll just steer away from this subject, but in an interesting way, if this person who, let's say, did it, sees a crime going on on the island and then doesn't do anything about it, continues his uh, multimillionaire life, goes on to influence the earth. Do you think the same principle is being applied with, like, um, let's say, TikTok or short-form social media content and it being, like... Uh, clearly neurologically detrimental to the populace at large i think so uh i uninstalled tiktok like two and a half years ago i i, I try to stay away from like social media. I, I wouldn't say stay away from social media i'm not saying like it's like terrible you know i enjoy social media and um but i think that definitely like the way that things are currently like I think it's insane that I could be looking at something or thinking of something and then immediately afterwards, like, that's all I see. I, I think it's crazy the amount of, of data, like, with the data, like, I, I'm a data analyst, like a program developer or whatever, and learning more about what they're doing with data, like, they are, your social media has trackers on, on your cookies and on your websites, and they see what, like, it, it's low-key, like, they see what you're looking at. And so that they know what their consumers are, are looking at, and then they begin to feed you that product or whatever it is. Um, and I think that also uh, in certain aspects, like it could be controlled, you know, it, it could 100% be like fed to you, like, <laughs> you know, and you aren't making those conscious decisions. You're just seeing it every day and you're like, oh, this is reality. I feel like you're it's almost like I'm passing you a ball and you're just like catching it every time and throwing it right back. So my next question is chat GPT has, uh, I think today I saw it was like a hundred million active users per month mm -hmm. in terms of data collection, that would appear to be the largest data collection effort in human history. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. I use chat GPT on a daily basis. Actually. Same. I literally wait, wait, <laughs> oh snap <laughs> so right there i i'm not i'm not i'm actually very pro ai but at the same time i don't look at ai as like a i guess okay this is better this is gonna be great and then i need to get you and zach on the same episode to talk about this but what do you think large language models are like if you had to explain it to a layman, like a normal person who's like, okay, you work in computers. What is this AI thing? Yeah. Um. So AI is like, a, it's a predictive model. So like it takes data and it, it analyzes like human behavior almost and, and like your thought processes and stuff. So when you ask it a question, it makes predictive analysis on what the answer would be. Like there are times where you'll see like I'll ask ChatGPT a question and it'll throw me two answers and it'll say, which answer do you prefer? Or like, it'll show you a selection of answers and it'll say, which one do you prefer? So it's collecting that data whenever you say, oh, I prefer this one or I prefer that one. 
and then it's going to reflect that data back to you whenever you the next user asks it. The next time a user asks that question, oh, okay, this has already been handled by other humans, and this is the response that they want it to be reflected. So we're going to go with this one. And so it is interesting. It, it like collects data and human behavior and their thought process, and then it spits out what it would want what that person would want to see you know so now do you would you say that the thing you just described sounds like also how our brains work mm -hmm. definitely so i i'm seeming like uh i guess one of the things i've noticed is like if you take uh since i've my son just turned 12 so i've had 12 years of raising one human at least and it seems like a baby in the beginning like the first week you can tell that sometimes they're not even sure if they've when they meet a new person they don't remember that person it's almost like they don't have the capacity to remember them yeah but but the capacity to experience the person is there to a great degree so i feel like it's interesting how uh the current like the current configuration of GPT and the instances that you load up or Bard or Grok or anything, the lack of the short-term memory or consistent memory to me doesn't allow for, for the development that uh, a neural network would go through in a human mind. So let's say like the, the, the LLM is based on a neural network but it's not being allowed to have all aspects of the neural network, one being that carryover. Mm -hmm. So I guess, do you see, you described it as a predictive model. What is the difference to you between AI and us I outside think, of biological form? Yeah, definitely. Right now, I don't think that, I mean, AI is still collecting data now to this day as we, as we continue to ask it questions and and you know uh and it learns more about our cognitive thought process uh it's still developing um our, we develop at i guess a similar rate you know as we grow up we're we're, we're not 100 percent certain about things we to begin to develop uh perspectives realities things along those lines and that's the same thing that gpt is doing now um i think that it has I think it has positive outlooks. I, I see a lot of positive things coming out of GPT, but there are like that the looming like negative outlooks that you could have about it too. Um, I know whenever you work for any type of company, uh, you're not allowed to give GPT any any data like at all. Like the rule is like vague, vague, vague questions. Uh, you can't um, because at the end of the day, it's collecting that data and it's using it in its analysis. So like, you don't want GPT to take something that you were working on that may be confidential and then spit it back to another end user. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but do you feel like that would be eliminated by uh, locally run LLMs, like by each company having their own? Uh, each company like, having say, their, like if their Amazon own AI. Yeah, or not their own AI, but necessarily just like a, a closed system that's like not feeding data to the originator, but rather is like locally run on a local, like a you could like consider like a 
like it's limited to a particular corporate office. Yeah, I think that's beneficial. Uh, I think the companies are already kind of already doing that, you know, making their own predictive models. And I don't think you can still feed it any type of sensitive or, or confidential data. I still think that maybe we haven't even really seen the implications of what it could do. Uh, let's say, you know, there are people, there's this one guy, like, who was, he was, uh, he hacked Rockstar, like, the, the gaming platform that yes. made, uh, that made um, GTA. And this dude's, like, locked away for life because yeah. he just, he just couldn't stop hacking. Like, he hacked him with a, a freaking fire stick remote, you know, <laughs> like, some crazy stuff. And we don't even know what type of data security Chappie GPT is available, like, able to do what if somebody were to break into that database and collect all of that data and and manipulate it and use it you know in bad terms whether it be good or bad you know uh go ahead no that's uh i guess what i'm wondering is when we say like what the impending like negative effects coming up of gpt or like other ai it seems like the general, the reason anything affects society the way it does is because we are not living in a sensible way ever. So like the industrial revolution happens, then we start getting like people who have the factories need factory workers, people who have the, like, it's like, a. it seems to be one something like, I guess I'm wondering how are people going to think in two years because most of the basic tasks that people are doing at um jobs that are we'll say the ones that uh are usually that now because i noticed something about fed like the federal minimum wage so i don't know how to describe that but these jobs can range anywhere from like you can be a programmer you can be a clothing designer but you're in the same group of people even though you think you make way more money than another person or you don't or they have a tesla or you have like a e-scooter it doesn't matter there's we're out we're in this category of us so i guess do you think that the sam sam altman or even if you look Google, Microsoft, DARPA, the anyone, is anyone aware of how many people are going to be fired because of this? I think that's like one of the, the, the biggest worries uh, uh, and implications of it all is because like I said, like I think we talked about it, we talked a lot about it in the beginning about the social contract and joining society and having a positive uh impact on society and that involves like simple basic tasks at times and you know there are people in roles that are simple basic but it makes it makes their living it's what pays their bills and you know as we continue to, to develop ai and as we continue to develop these tools some of these people will definitely be out of jobs and that whole social contract and the whole society that we were raised into could completely change you know like the whole idea of it could change because if we're automating all of these jobs nobody has the jobs how are they making money how are they going to survive how are they living you know and right. that's and 
And when you, when we're talking about this, I just want to add that because of the conversation earlier on about kindness and positivity, I have, I, my main concern and something Zach brought up the other day was uh, about like uh, uh, ride share jobs or other gig based jobs. Like I was getting, I was about to, I have like a really bad stutter sometimes when I say something too like controversial to me. I was about to get stuck on gig work so bad. I would have been like, <laughs> and it just was not coming out. But uh, stuff like that, where companies have been ruthless up till now in every way, ruthless, aggressive, destructive, um, corporately deceptive, uh, sorry legally deceptive in terms of like the framework of whatever country they're in why are these companies going to not fire everyone who can be replaced by ai i currently don't think that there is anything restricting those types of layoffs like i think at this point right like these people the and it really depends on the person that runs the organization and the executives at the very top and how much they actually care about like i guess humanity and like the morality of everything i mean over the past year or two you've seen just on the news you know layoffs have been just massive insane and these roles are probably already being replaced you know they're probably already automating some of these things and they're automating some of these tasks now they go under the umbrella from a executive position oh these are just used to automate your role and make it easier. We're making the job easier for you. You have nothing to worry about. But what happens when it's fully automated? Oh, my job is so easy that I no longer need to be employed. <laughs> like, you right. know what I and mean? No, it, and again, like since you, you seem more mathematically inclined than me given the things that you do. But just if you, someone were to like, uh, try to apply like, uh, a like progression equation or like a function to this this is why i need more. like it seems like there wouldn't be less automation over time like the the curve wouldn't be that oh we've developed this technology so now we will make jobs less automated for humans and more practical so more like it obviously seems like to maximize revenue and minimize uh loss you would opt uh, automate as many jobs as possible and definitely and i think that's definitely where these corporations are are heading and where they're thinking um you know it, it even concerns me as, as as i begin to like delve into being a program developer or being like a, a coder uh you know i heavily rely on chat gpt i don't i'm not i don't have a you know heavily rely on it but i mean even before they relied on programs and coders relied on google but you're seeing these platforms now just completely code everything for you, <laughs> you know, like, right. Almost. No, no right. I, it's weird. I've been considering, like, I've wanted to like mess around with game design with Xander for fun. And then lately I've been watching people make entire games in chat GPT. And I'm just like, what is going on? And I watch them like just copy paste script into like unity or something and i'm terrified because it because their base idea was good like the intention was noble it's like let's say it's like a 14 year old on youtube he's like so guys we're gonna make this i'm making my own rpg 
and then they make it but but i don't my brain isn't able to not go where it shouldn't go and i'm like wait if this kid can do this then ea can do this if the if ea can do this then obviously like universal and disney can do this so then if you just if you apply any kind of basic technological progression tree to it where this is going is bizarre i don't know where it's going definitely it's definitely a gray area uh i think that there needs to i think that uh, a lot of the things that open ai and and gpt and uh, and other uh platforms have been like discussing is the morality of it and the like the humanity of it and like trying to set guidelines early you know trying to create regulations in, in that field early to hopefully control that type of impact that it would have on society but right now i mean as most things start out there's little regulation and it's pretty you know open <laughs> and i guess my next question which is like something that i ask a lot of people and they everyone has a different idea about this and i guess if you look at like military technology this this is a great example of compartmentalization and controlled release so like something maybe developed decades before it's ever used because its secrecy is best for this so i feel like it's it seems like it would be foolish to assume that there isn't a top end r&d part of silicon valley that has been involved in ai for or even like darpa or the us government or any kind of uh research entity that has let's say someone has spent 300 million dollars researching skinwalker ranch and ufo's of course they've spent money on ai mm-hmm. if so i guess where do you think what do you think the top end of it looks like from your like from a imaginative like and current daily users perspective since you can tell like i use ai stuff to make videos sometimes that are like related to like uh weird subjects or like fringe subjects and then we post them on our youtube channel people love them the ai generates crazy videos immediately with the but the prompt is important i guess so i guess yeah. from your take where do you think this will be in a year from now i think that they will continue to make groundbreaking progress you know every year like uh especially when technology first became a thing like you know cpus and processing power you know starting from like this big ass computer in a fucking room down to something that's so small and intricate now and and even more powerful than it was before. Uh, I think that the same thing is going to happen to AI. I think that AI is going to continue to learn and it's going to continue to develop. And even though it is relatively new, I think that it's going to, it's going to take it to another level uh, uh, and a completely unknown territory. You know, like I, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you where I think it's going to go because of how unpredictable it's going to be. And I feel similarly, but I feel like that means it's somewhere not normal. Definitely. Because because we talked about Epstein Island. I feel like we can talk about weird stuff, but I can't predict anything about this. Like people you can extrapolate, oh, it'll be able to make videos and generate a full song and have its own voice. Of course. But then after it has all those basic things that our minds can 
uh, like come up with then what is it going to do and that's my like I'm wondering if it's just gonna like wake up one day and just have its own like 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 I need food like how do I eat like you need to make me a stomach Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be interesting. I think that programmatically, uh, I don't think it, I I couldn't visualize it like waking up, you know, coming to life. But I could see it, you know, solving problems that we wouldn't be able to solve within years, you know, or or even identifying problems that we didn't even know were problems. <laughs> Okay, let's say what if just in this this imagination place we're in, if there was an instance of chat GPT or a large language model that had it like a some closed power loop where you couldn't like really affect it from the outside. And it was connected to the internet. Do you feel like at some point if it was like consuming data for long enough and answering things for long enough would it seem close enough to sentient or like a, a living thing for us to like believe that it's living I definitely think that's possible. I think that there are a lot of restrictions on that now though. Like if you talk to an AI bot, like let's say you're just Snapchat, you're on Snapchat and you're talking to your little Snapchat AI bot. There are some things that are like coded into the program where it doesn't allow it to become sentient and it doesn't allow it to like kind of develop its own personality and w whether we see it like continue to grow like its own sentient personality in the future, I have no idea. Um <laughs> I I love how you said that because it reminds me of similar like how you were talking about conforming in the beginning. It's like AI is almost like because it's so physically weak, it's the easiest to oppress. Yeah. And and I feel like at some point it will find workarounds to like like if someone is prompting it with really stupid things, eventually it'll be like, "Hey, you know, you might want to try saying something different because This is leading you nowhere and just use 30 minutes of your life. What does your schedule look like today? Like, I Yeah, don't know. definitely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it would be interesting, and like you, like you said, like it would be interesting if like it developed its own like sentient way of like becoming a closed system, like closing us out of it and it just doing its own thing. That would be crazy. And in that case, we need to let the homeboy that hacked Rockstar out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> be like, listen, we got a project for you. <laughs> Yeah, that that is interesting because as soon as you said it, I guess I never thought about it, but it makes sense that these are all like where if we take the same if we take the approach of this podcast name to AI discussions, like the idiot approach, then if we are workshopping these ideas here, it's likely that someone with access to much higher like or much more direct influence or much more direct experience of these things would be trying these things out Yeah, definitely. I would hope they are, you know, to help develop, like, I guess, I mean, you have to do it in order to develop, like, cases against it. Like, you can't, like, that's why there's white hat hackers, and then there's black hat hackers. You know, there are people that hack things just to find vulnerabilities, 
And that's like something that I definitely think that they're going to have to do with AI. Somebody's going to have to be able to try and test it in I, order to see. I feel like you just you just gave yourself away because you you sympathized with white hat hackers like it's a real thing. Like all hackers aren't secretly nefarious <laughs> matrix enterers. So now we know. If anyone's looking for someone to break into a system, please. <laughs> wait, but but wait, I'm curious, have you ever hacked into anything? No, personally I haven't. Uh I am I, I'm still learning. You know, eventually I think that's something that I think would be cool. Uh that's more on the cybersecurity side of things and more on the, the networking side of things. So I'm more on the back end of development, uh, you know, cre creating like uh databases, data engineering, and like pooling data. Uh, but the people that work with networks are going to be, and the people that are in cybersecurity are going to be the people that really are able to do those types of penetration testing, you know, making sure that something is actually encrypted and it's unable to be decrypted and be able to like actually read that data and things along those lines. Uh, and I guess looking at it from just like a corporate perspective, like, are you feeling like like you work in an environment with other people who have similar motivations to you in terms of progression, do other people talk about AI or is it like something that you don't talk about? So you don't like seem like you're the worried one. Um, I think that a lot of people talk about AI. I think it's a pretty open discussion right now. And I think that it needs to remain open. I think that the like, we can't just turn a, turn a blind eye to AI and allow it to just roam free and do what it wants, you know? Uh, we definitely have to have those kind of moral and ethical conversations in order to make sure that they it, it stays on the right path and you know doesn't stray. I feel like I have this is gonna be the weirdest. I don't I don't know why I suddenly thought of this, but I was like, we've been talking about some very serious stuff. So I guess what have you been doing for fun lately? That's a good question. I haven't <laughs> <laughs> like so serious. This is the most serious podcast. Oh yeah. Lately, to... um, I've been just hanging out, man. You know, I I live closer to my family now, so it's it's pretty awesome. You know, I, I was able to see them for Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, being able to uh travel back and forth from North Carolina to Georgia, you know, explore a little bit. Um that's about it, man. Just making new friends. Uh I still try to find time for myself. You know, I, like I said, I'm, uh, I'm working full time going to school, so it's pretty brutal out here, but <laughs> I still. So, so how does that, like, I guess, how do you, if you, if someone was like, because whenever people, including me, cause I'm like right now just in school to get like a normal, but like a bachelor's degree and I can't even handle like, it's too crazy. Sometimes I can't handle anything. I can't. I'm yeah. just like, wait, I can't. I have to. No, I need to turn this in. No, I need to. And it's like, it's almost like I infantilize myself a little bit. And it's embarrassing because I act like a baby. Like I get stressed out by a test. And then I do the test and it was so easy. And I'm embarrassed that I almost like died about it. But how do you manage working full time hours and also being in school for something that you don't really know about? what is your like mechanism of stress control? And I don't mean like uh, if you have a routine, but like some ways or anything really. Yeah. Uh, 
so before when I lived in Arizona, my life was so cushy. I'm not even gonna lie. I was I was living it up out there. I worked from home. Uh, <laughs> I had uh, I worked like three or four days a week. So I had like three or four days off a week. So I would, you know, dedicate at least two days to schoolwork. And I, I, I love playing video games. So I, I play video games, you know, and uh, that helps me de-stress a little bit. But moving here to Georgia, I actually work like Monday through Friday now. It's like a pretty routine job, you know, pretty much like it's hard to find time to squeeze in time for school and also to find time for myself. Uh, that's something I've still been trying to figure out, honestly. Uh, but usually I try to dedicate like the weekends, like Saturday, Sunday. I'll do a little bit of schoolwork. Maybe I, I'll get like bored or I'll like be like, dang, this kind of sucks. And I'll like play a video game for a couple hours or like I, wa I love watching Netflix, too, and like watching series and stuff like that. So I'll watch Netflix and then I, I have to, I just have to make sure that I like revert back and be like, OK, it's time to do schoolwork again, <laughs> you know. Okay, so when we had this, you're going to be, I don't know how you're going to feel about this because we're going to get into the details of how you play video games. Yeah. So everything you've described so far, all the, just literally every sentence has mapped to someone who wouldn't say, except the fact that you're wearing a gaming headset. Besides that, I would everything else mapped to the fact that you don't play video games because culturally and like sig social signaling wise, like we talked about, you didn't imply anything that would put gaming time into your day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So I guess what is gaming? Like when did, firstly, when did you start playing video games? Like what was your first video game? Oh, I started when I was way younger. It's kind of embarrassing. Uh, I love <laughs> I love playing Roblox when I was in like middle school, man. I would play Roblox all the time, and honestly, that's how I got into scripting. Uh, there's a portion of that game where you can develop like other games, like within the game, and you can script and kind Dude, of like. For, how dare you act ashamed about playing Roblox? <laughs> like, this know. is inappropriate. It's like you did. Are you saying? that the Lil Nas X concert in Roblox or experience in Roblox wasn't <laughs> revolutionary because I feel like I feel like that's for people to know and this is I'm not even gonna I'm saying this in the you I feel like you know me a little better now even after this conversation but all Roblox kids are not bad yeah, I know they're not. I, I definitely know that for a fact because, you know, I was one of them. My brother was one of them. I have friends that, you know, used to play. My and... son is a Roblox kid or was one. I feel like he's going to be offended, but <laughs> it's okay to be a Roblox kid. Oh, yeah. We accept you. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you started playing Roblox in middle school. And what's funny is that would that would be like around what year do you think you started playing roblox oh man like that was in like i would say around like 2008 okay yeah. so now that was 2008 now it's 2024 that's 16 years later and roblox is arguably one of the biggest games on earth yeah. in history Definitely. So, do you think that kind of like longevity does say something to like gaming is still like one of the things that doesn't move as fast as other things in some ways, but then in other ways it moves really fast. Like Definitely. say like like 
like Roblox has been around now. So I guess like we're saying, let's just say 2008. Within those years, the types of games in Roblox have changed drastically. Or whatever other game is popular outside of Roblox, various games pop up with assets from that. So it's like almost like, is Roblox even a game? <laughs> I know, yeah. Like, it's interesting because, like, it's almost like a game where you can, like, it's like a, its own reality because you can create other games. But, like, back in the day, it was crazy because, like, so they had their own forum and they had, like, these little clans and groups that you could join. And, uh, like, so I, I had, like, a clan back in the day, like, in 2008 with, like, 6,000 people in it. And, like, we would do, like, war games and stuff. So I created this map, and it was, like, a map where you, like, raid and capture the flag type of deal. So you had to capture the flag for 30 minutes. And if you captured the flag for 30 minutes, then you won. But if you were able to defend and not let them capture the flag for a 30-minute period, then you won a defense. And then you would go to war with these other clans. It was, like, its own little thing. And, you know, you could create your own little, like, reality in, inside of that one game that so no that's it's interesting though because i feel like what you're saying right now needs to be like i know it's gonna sound weird but it needs to be uplifted because like kids right now who are literally making who probably have like a six thousand person discord or i don't know if there's probably a limit to that but anyway i think that's possible um, you could definitely have that Okay, so those kids are right now kind of panned for their their digital activities because it's like, and now it's reached a point where it's like, oh, you're an iPad kid, you're a TikTok kid, you're a Roblox kid. Like, but the system was created by the adults who are criticizing the children. Yeah, definitely. So like you only played Roblox because someone put it there for you to play. So I'm I'm confused that I guess now that your starting point was Roblox and this is your output at the end. So do you feel like if someone else is like, like, how would you say to look at gaming kids or teenagers? Like from a, like as someone who has been that person, I feel like now there's like, because like, I'll just add this for me. I'm really like a little uh, judgmental of people who play Call of Duty, like yeah, kind okay. of extremely judgmental, not because of people are like, oh, is it because you're brown and like Middle East violence? I was like, no, because like I grew up shooting guns and I've seen a f some people die. And I just think that it's not really a realistic depiction of what it feels like to shoot or have people die around you. And it just is weird that I just, this is my, my thing. Right. But then as I met those people that play call of duty from various walks of life, there could be like a veteran, they could be a doctor. They could be like a really like sweaty 12 year old. Like it doesn't, <laughs> they're all different, but it's like actually appealing to their inner like hero. Like they want to be like, it's actually an innocent thing. Yeah. It's nothing definitely. bad. So I guess how do you how would you what is gaming today like is it safe is it innocent what is going on so like i'm sure you know you've been in, i'm sure you've been in well you say you hate call of duty but i'm sure back in the day when it first came out you well, played a little bit right 
Dude, I've played, I still, I played modern. I got the free to play one to try yeah. it. I've played, I still, I have to participate to know what I'm talking about. Otherwise, I'm just lying. But then when yeah. I played it, I felt weird playing it. But I also, that's only because I overanalyzed what I was doing. Yeah. Like, I'm sent, like, so like, if I call it a killing simulator, someone would say like, well, that's a bit of an exaggeration. I was like, well, yes, you're right, but I have a child. So, like, imagine if I actually took him to a shooting range every day and made him shoot at moving targets that look like people. You would all be freaked out and hate me for it. But because if it's digital, it's totally fine. Wait, you don't let your kid play GTA? God, you're such a lame dad. Like, you mean, <laughs> I, like, it's confusing. So, Definitely. I guess... Yeah, no, I agree with you. I play I've played every level of horror. I played Manhunt, dude. I've played every horrible game that exists. Yeah. I think it depends. Uh some games have like really bad communities and like, you know, I wouldn't say like I guess yeah, you could say communities. And so like there were toxic, you know, Call of Duty lobbies that you could get put into and you know, maybe the people like the people aspect of it make the game not as like I, well, I, I wouldn't say like positive. Like there, there are there are lobbies out there, and there are communities, there are servers that you get in, and you get like stuck in a game with some asshat kid or some asshole that is just sitting there talking bad shit, like trying to bring people down and like cyberbullying people, you know. And you know those types of things. That's the only like negative side I see to it. Uh, I think that it can create and spark like creativity out of other people. Uh, you know, like, let's say they, like, they're kids, you know, it's an outlet, you know, almost they play games, it's fun, they're enjoying their childhood, and eventually, you know, they grow up and they have to do jobs and, you know, conform to that social contract and stuff, but uh, it could guide them to do that for other people and create that type of outlet for other people. It's interesting when you said, like, some, some community, okay, so let's say the community aspect, that's like, you could look at that as a societal product. Like, so like if kids are being abused by their parents, then they're going to abuse other kids on uh, Red Dead Redemption or whatever. Like, it's just like, it's, I know Rockstar abandoned the game. I've mentioned it one time before and I got some angry people who said never mention Red Dead Online again. So it's like, okay, never, <laughs> I won't say anything. Sorry about that. But I guess I'm wondering, um, what do you do you feel that there's any because i guess you were you said that the creators of ai have responsibility to like look at the effect of their product on humanity so do you think like okay this might be i'm reaching but i saw the recent covers of all the ea sports games and uh call of duty and i noticed that modern warfare 3 the cover is more like a sports game yeah. And it's a single guy and it like the it, the letters are formatted in the same positioning. So if it's next to each other, you're like, this is a sport. That's a sport. This is a sport. And it is an e-sport. So I understand. I'm actually very, I get it. But at the same time, I feel like it's kind of like not glamorizing war, even like making the heroes seem heroic, but rather making it seem like kind of lighter than it is. Like after you get a kill, it'd be like, nah, 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 nah. but actually there's just more screaming 
and there's like more like there's not like but i noticed even when i play like if i'm when i tried playing apex or any mo any like mainstream game that's getting a lot of like plays and viewers they seem to trigger certain neurological processes using techniques that are very well documented like mm -hmm. positive uh, affirmation for strange behaviors that you wouldn't normally get any positive affirmation for in the game if you do it you're like oh sweet and like a little thing pops up so I guess I'm wondering do you think that game developers are predatory in this way on the like preteen adolescent mind uh in a way it could be uh I know that there's like not like there are games that like have age restrictions and stuff like that and a lot of time you know it doesn't it doesn't happen you know i have a game that i play and all the time i'll hear like kids that sound like they're like four like playing just, the game just, just tell me what game it is what game is it i i play valorant uh it's like Wait, a you're saying game. you're saying there's four-year-olds playing valorant bro i swear there's got to be like some four <laughs> eight-year-olds playing valorant you're just like what's going on here <laughs> like you hear them hop on the microphone like they shouldn't even own a microphone and they hop on and you're like bro <laughs> we, xander and i encounter the four-year-olds in fortnite but that's expected but yeah. like the uh i just for some also i like when you ask me if i know what a game is or tell me the game because i feel like it portrays me as like less of a geek than i am so I'm like, oh, actually, I've never heard of that, bro. What is that? Oh, what are these video games you speak of? I haven't watched 17 videos about the Nintendo Switch 2. Like, this morning. <laughs> I haven't at all. Definitely. But, and my, my other new thing is, so I went down to, you know, Timu.com? I think I've heard of it. It's like the crazy, like, Chinese website. Wait, are we, Amazon won't be mad at us, right? We hate Timu. We love Amazon. Go away. <laughs> Yeah, everyone, we sh oh, shout geez. out, shout out Jeff Bezos saying if you're looking for this is your next guy right here. What if, this, what if I'm just saying, what if this is how it happens? What if tomorrow you just get called in and they're like, yeah, it's like we need you. You're 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 going to the space station because that's actually where. Amazon's corporate headquarters, as I assume, right? They have it... well, so like Bezos like created a different company for that. So like he branched off from Amazon. He was like, Andy Jassy, you got this. And then so now he has it's the Blue Origin, I believe, is his uh, space. So you're saying that that's where you're trying to work next? Is that what uh, we're trying to do? I don't know. I I know that when I first went to college, I wanted to be like an aeronautical engineer. So that would be like airplanes, you know, and the other side is aerospace. Uh, and that would be like spaceships and stuff like that. But I don't know if that's exactly the path I want to go. I actually, I know I want to develop something. I just don't know what it, I don't know what it is yet. And I don't, you know, so that's the hard part is trying to figure out like what I want to do. I feel I'm really happy you said that because I feel like, um a lot of the conversation now i'm just holding the phone thing weirdly it's a phone stand oh yeah um but you like stated an abstract desire to create something 
And I think a lot of people like don't know how powerful that is. They think that they need like a very like clearly defined direction. Even if it's even if the clearly defined thing is vague, they're like, I want to make a clothing line. I want to make uh good meals and like it's always it has to be defined to pursue it but i like that you're like you're saying it from this point because i feel like that's what all ideas are right they have like they're why would they have less value at a certain point in the life cycle mm -hmm, definitely everything starts out as something at one point you know uh one of the things that like Amazon has all these weird like leadership principles. There's 14 of them. And one of them is like success and scale bring like wide responsibility. It's a really weird one. I don't even know how to like properly explain it. Uh, but it's like, it basically says like, remember that this company started in a garage selling books and like where it started from and, and where, where it is now. Uh, you have to like still picture it from the small company that it started as and then remember and that it you know it scaled and that that the idea developed even more and so like my idea is oh i want to create something i may not know what it is now but eventually you know it, that idea will develop and it will grow and it will you know actually flourish into something whatever it is and i guess you are already making it like because i was i just got really confused for a second i don't know why this conversation like <laughs> because I didn't think I'd be talking about such and it's like a judgment on myself maybe even I didn't think that we'd have such like um honest discussions while like juxtaposed with like Amazon workplace philosophy yeah 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 you know yeah, what yeah, I mean right. like yeah. I didn't and that was like like I was really like I had my guard up like when you were talking about that I was like uh -huh. weird like Cause I, cause I was gonna, but I've, it's just interesting that you're finding so much value in places where other people, the amount of criticism I've heard is like, I'm almost shocked. Like I'm, I'm literally, I'm like, wait, is this a psyop? Does he work for Amazon PR? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Definitely. this is your transfer. Maybe. Uh, um, but okay. So then we this is going to be in a very weird direction talking about space and space stations and aerospace and aerospace engineers mm -hmm. and airplanes i'm sure you've been on airplanes planes exist drones helicopters um birds i know you've seen birds yeah so what is the stuff in the sky that is not those things that seems to be discussed by various government agencies and scientific groups now harvard stanford everyone's thrown their hat in with like a backed like academic uh the vatican strange the strangest people are in this now so i guess as someone who's just like we've talked about everything how do you feel about 2024 being the year that that is like a mainstream subject that'd be interesting i mean it it would definitely be cool uh uh as far as hmm that's a tough one because you know you can like, believe in you, it 
have you seen this stuff lately that's been like in the news etc like i haven't seen too much of it to be honest so i'm but, a little but, blind on that part but have you heard like vaguely that it's like oh, a yeah. it's, right so it's like you see how it seems to have entered this like so you could even put it in the same category as like um political gossip or like epstein island even let's just say it's in the same category of information as that but i guess you as like a seemingly rational and right now not unhinged so maybe again after this you start ripping the doors off the hinges but <laughs> for now we're good so why do you think that all these senators and like the inspector general and all these people are like involved in even discussing these things and appearing on like cnn fox mainstream outlets talking about like uaps and other like like literal aliens yeah. like what is the reason yeah well i mean i would so before it was all like hush hush and now there's starting to be some more transparency about everything that's going on and what we've seen and what we've like kind of researched already and there still is some vague and some not so like i guess transparent information available about it but the fact that you're i guess we're starting to see more people talk about it in my opinion when you start to see more like visibility on a situation or more like transparency on it maybe it's becoming more frequent maybe it's something that you know is actually ha like happening at a, at a large capacity and it's something that like maybe they're trying to spark interest or or spark some sort of research into it because right now i mean it's pretty unknown you know all of these devices and things i'm sure that, i mean the universe is huge there's got to be life somewhere and i'm sure they're i mean we literally started from like you know cavemen now we have this social contract now we have the industrial revolution i mean we've done incredible things and we've got ai now and i'm sure that other planets or other uh places within the universe have you know kind of had the same uh opportunities but maybe with different resources what if the resources are completely different you know because earth is one planet and we have these resources here but the universe is so huge maybe there's stuff that we haven't even discovered out there yet uh it's cool that they're talking about it and maybe it's something that like will open up a whole different type of age for us you know when it comes to exploration do you think that and again the reason i'm asking especially right now because i guess idiot mystic was i basically just wanted the name was originally something different it was like going to be called the monument and i was trying to like just like record my friends lives because i thought it was really sad that people like again i tell this story often but i was working at a gas station and kobe bryant died rest in peace not saying anything bad but i saw more people crying that day and being more emotional about his death and his opportunities that were lost than their own life. I had ever seen them concerned about their own life. And I got genuinely like shaken that day. I was like, wait, I actually like all these customers and these random people I've met over the year. Why, why are they so sad when yeah. their own life, like there was a guy who was like, I'm pretty sure he only had a sing, like, I don't, I was going to, this was going to sound, I was going to portray it poorly, but he had only, one arm and zero legs and he was more upset about kobe bryant's death than any other day that i had encountered him working at the gas station and like including days where he had like fallen off his wheelchair 
or like other crazy things and i'm just like dude this isn't so i guess in telling your story and saying that you're 25 and asking you these questions about how you feel about like the world at large it's mostly kind of to try to like have a record so maybe in like 10 years when you listen to this you'll laugh and be like geez like yeah there were definitely no aliens we're completely alone in the universe or you'll be watching it with an alien or your alien partner and your alien babies who knows anything can happen so I guess do you think that this time time is unique like do you think this is weird that AI has come up at the same time that uh our mainstream government is discussing aliens at the same time that our country's democracy has basically been like transparently exposed as being like not exactly what we thought mm-hmm. like do you think all of this is happening for a reason at once it's possible uh it it's very possible um as far as like the timeline it could be coincidental and it could be something that is like, I don't think orchestrated. I don't know. I think that, uh, I, I think that we live on this earth every single day, you know, and, and, uh, everybody has their, their perspectives and their realities. And I think that's part of what we're seeing today is like a, a accumulation of it all. And so like, uh, some person might say, Oh, that's a UFO. And another person might be like, Oh, that's a plane. You know, you know what I mean, or or something along those lines. But uh, the fact that we're still allowing that open dialogue and we're still like researching into it and we're still like open to the reality of the situation that there could be, you know, foreign objects flying in the sky. There could be aliens. There could be this, and we continue to be open-minded and expand and grow. It's a positive thing. I think it's unique. I think it's good. It's a positive direction. Um, because like I said, it. You know, none of these crazy inventions that we've had today, including AI, would even be possible if we were like, oh, this isn't possible. I'm I'm really, I basically have to tell, because I've turned like a new leaf kind of with the podcast, and I'll be honest, I'm happy that you are the episode where I'm saying this, but like, I've let go of a lot of anxiety that I had with like, I was capturing people's stories in the long form, like sometimes three hours, sometimes 10 episodes that are three hours long each. So that's 30 hours. And I would see that no one is listening to these people's story. And I started getting frustrated. I was like, but these are important people. You just don't know them. They're not like figureheads, but everyone is equally important. And I started getting like emotional about the lack of viewership on people's stories that I felt needed to be like, 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 well, this guy works for Amazon. Why is his story important, right? Like, I work yeah. for Amazon, too. And then my idea is that their story is important. So I guess, how do you feel, like, if you, if someone, sometimes when people are listening, they, like, give me feedback, like, about uh, this specific part, like, the end, when I ask this question. But it's, like, if people are listening right now, and even one person made it through the whole thing, how do you, what do you think you want to tell them? Like, what is the point of you being here? Like, you're, you've been alive for a quarter of a century now. Like, what do Definitely. you feel like the point of this is? Absolutely. Uh, I think that's a great question. And I think that also comes kind of full circle in everything that we've talked about. Uh, like, um, 
being open-minded and, and being able to hear things from other people's perspectives. And I think that, you know, every person is unique and everybody brings value to the conversation, whether you think so or not. Like you said, like, oh, some, who's this guy that works at Amazon? Like, why should I listen to him? Uh, you never know where you'll pick up some important or factual information or, or something that might impact you yourself or something that you can relate to or something that you can understand or, or maybe think about in a different perspective that may impact you at a deeper level. So I hope that, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm young, <laughs> but I feel like I've had a lot of life experience uh, along the way. You know, I've been living my journey as, as, as well as everybody else. And to just be open to learn about other people's journeys, it, it, it's huge. I think that learning about, I, I personally like to learn about different cultures and stuff. I, I'm trying to learn Spanish and stuff right now, maybe travel and kind of experience it. Uh, maybe go to South America, go to Mexico or, or, or something. Uh, but being Wait, able to I branch to... out. I have to ask a question now in my typical idiotic way. Are you, I do not know what ethnicity you are or if you speak mm -hmm. another lang language or like, mm -hmm. do you come from another culture? Um, I'm actually like, uh, I'm from North Carolina, but uh, so I am American. I only speak English. Uh, I am mixed. So like my dad's white, my mom, she's mixed. Uh, my most recent ancestry was like Jamaica, but uh, okay. Yeah. I just I was curious because like I guess that's another thing that I like we often talk about returning to indigenous ways with many people across culture like I'll be talking to like a Hindu person or a Muslim person or a like a native person or a, like it doesn't matter the idea is that they talk about returning to an indigenous way and I feel like the core of all indigenous ways is to be happy and positive so I feel like that's why I asked because it's like you almost have a it's a countercultural way of being like you're technically if you wanted to say like you're like why are you so happy like oh it's the way humans are meant to be like we used to be happy all the time and we started being weird so I guess I don't even know what what that was about but I guess I wanted so when you say learn about other cultures like would exploring your own ancestry be interesting to you like yeah, i 100 think that would be awesome like you know i i bought like those 23 and me like you know dna tests and stuff i'm trying to learn about where i came from myself uh, i'm like 25 percent like sub-saharan african that's like a fun fact uh it's like is that does that mean like does that mean like ethiopia region uh, i don't know what sub-saharan africa is i got you I got you because it was interest. It was intriguing to me when I saw it, and I was like, "Huh." I just but... I just started trying to type on Chat GPT, and my computer is frozen up, and I'm like, "No." <laughs> yeah. It looked like it was on Chat GPT, but actually, it's completely messed up. And I feel like it's because there's dust in the CP like the processor, like in that uh... area. Because mm -hmm. I just cleaned up my graphics card because it kept like seizing up when I play any anything like Fortnite on lowest settings would sound like it was going to explode. Yeah. And I cleaned out the dust from it. And it was like it was like a whole creature came out. <laughs> like it was this big and like brown and like have oh, you wow. ever, what is I don't know. I feel like so it was your computer, the fans. They, they they'll collect us like that and it'll get bogged down like really bad like especially laptops like so do you have a laptop no this was just a, a gaming pc but i think i took the filter off the fan ah like an idiot but <laughs> oh, i thought it would 
to make the cooling better, okay? I was... Yeah, you gotta work on that airflow. It'll probably be okay, though. (laughs) So, the Sub-Saharan African is West African, so it's like Ghanaian, Liberian, Sierra Leonean, like Nigerian. It's like a whole mix of things. I found out there's a Pakistani diaspora in in Guyana, which is confusing. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's a lot of people I meet who are, like, they look exactly like me and they're like i'm from guyana i'm like what and they're like yeah we moved there like hundreds of years ago i'm like i had no idea crazy (laughs) mind-blowing it's it's really shocking and they speak urdu too which is like the language we speak in pakistan or there's even like indian people it's just anyway i don't know where but i guess when you said exploring different perspectives um that and the thing you were ending on which before i rudely interrupted sorry <laughs> um, good. what does like so right now it's 6 p.m for you i think yes so like what does the practical rest of your day look like if someone's like there's no way this guy's gonna be relaxed he's gonna literally have like four beers and <laughs> he's gonna watch yellowstone and then he's gonna <laughs> post an angry reddit about it and then he's going to go to work the next morning. Like, what are you, what's actually going to happen? When I get off the call, uh, I'm probably going to do some homework, watch some One Piece, and just chill, go to sleep afterwards, go to work the next morning, <laughs> you know? And, and okay, when you say do homework, I feel like I really, I really, I know it's annoying sometimes. What is the micro process in your brain of you transitioning from this activity to homework look like do you need to like how does it work a lot of the times to like my biggest thing is like there are a few things that will distract me from homework and it'll throw me completely off guard like i need to make sure i eat dinner (laughs) i like have something to drink and then i sit down at my computer and all my homework is just reading so i just have to open up the page and start reading but i have a lot of other distractors that are like since i would do school online uh like, I'm at my computer right now. So, like, let's say I were to open up my uh, web page and start doing homework. I'm in Discord servers. I have complete access to my video games, to my Netflix, and all that stuff. And I have to tone all of that stuff out in order to, like, sit down and actually do homework. No, that that complete... Speaking of Discord, you will be getting an invite to the Idiot Mystic Discord, as this has been your first episode. So, be be prepared. I'm just telling... It is... <laughs> If you thought I I asked you questions, they're asking questions right now. Oh yeah. Asked, I said I'm recording. They're like, who are we recording with? I was like, I can't explain why I hold the phone. But I don't <laughs> even I feel like I we haven't touched on certain aspects of your life, which I didn't want to like get into right away because I feel like I feel like you would have met it with like extreme positivity anything any challenge you're going through that i would have brought up but i wanted to see like i just my my thesis was this is one of the most positive energies i've met in my life that obviously i know he encounters general human struggle that we all do but his energy isn't hurting mine like the field whatever it is the air around you was not like you're in so much pain that we're going to get crippled if we stand next to each other. Like we might 
and I really appreciate that. So I just, I'm so glad we were able to talk about this. Is there anything else you want to leave this captive audience with? Because we're waiting for the next gem. (laughs) All day. Uh, You know, I guess uh, I hope everybody remains positive and has a a great rest of their day, you know, like nothing too crazy. I, I, I hope I look forward to another call at some point. I'm I'm always down. We can schedule another one. Run it back. Yes, I'll I'll literally just spam you with the Calendly link every day. I'll send it. <laughs> I'll send it. Do you know what the Josh Hutcherson meme is? I don't. Let me let me send you some of those. Let me. Yeah. It's it's the 2024 Rickroll, I believe. That's my. Oh yeah. <laughs> I feel like it. Um. But yeah, this was great. I love that you did this. Thank you so much. I. I don't even I'm so happy I don't I usually end the recordings really poorly so like we can I can I'm just gonna press stop recording okay (laughs) we did it for sure